Next on BYU Sports Nation, the BYU football defense about to get Bronco tough. Bronco Mendenhall taking over defensive play calling. It's basketball game day in Provo. Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson tells us his plan to slow down the top scoring team in the country. Plus, Brian Logan on the immediate impact of Bronco taking over the defense. And will BYU volleyball star Ben Patch play this season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store. Your home for authentic BYU products. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with the guy who nearly broke a light in the studio yesterday, Jerem Jordan. I hit what are called the barn doors, right? Uh... I think everything's fine. We opened them up. Esther opened them up. We're good. Your We're, let's go. Was, your reaction was priceless. Well, well, I saw my job flash before my eyes. <laughs> Jerem lifts the break a light, another you're day. Du- you're out. You're out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, and then the refs from the Cowboys-Lions game came in. They're like, no, there's no flag. And then they left. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe for now. No strikes against for, Jerem. For now? What does that mean? Oh, by the way, Kyle triple-double Collinsworth getting some love from ESPN College Hoops insider Seth Greenberg, he called KC one of the top 10 matchup nightmares in all of college basketball. Fact. To quote from his article, alert defender on and off the ball. Plays with a reckless abandon. He and Haas form one of the most dynamic wing tandems in the nation. Oh, yeah. You throw in Chase Fisher, who's lighting it up from threes. Hit 10 threes in a game. Hit six in the last game. I mean, Fury's backcourt's really good. Really good. That's why they have no low post presence. And they're still winning and the number one scoring team in the country. It's you, amazing. You can watch Kyle Collinsworth tonight against Pepperdine, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain on ESPNU. Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. As always, join our BYU Sports Nation Twitter family, and it's a big one, using the hashtag BYUSN. Our conversation continues with today's Twitter question. What kind of impact will Bronco Mendenhall taking over the defense have on the 2015 BYU football team? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Brute DR. Optimistically, a return to the Zion Curtain of 2012 uh, and 13. Yeah. That's a great name for the defense, right? Think about what those defenses had. Is that what had. it was called? Think about what those defenses had. Great talent. Seriously. Ziggy Alonso, Kyle Bendor, Spencer Hadley, Daniel Sorensen, Wani Uma, Ethan Manumaleuna. That was a loaded defense for those two yeah, seasons. Absolutely. And, th- and then as role players, younger guys, Alani Fua. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Craig Bills. Yeah. I mean, th- those guys as seniors weren't as good for some reason, injuries and whatnot, but those were good defenses, man. Those T- were good. A ton going on in BYU Sports Nation. Here are today's headlines. Speaking of the BYU defense, Bronco Mendenhall back in charge. He will oversee the defense and take over play calling once again. It is game day for BYU men's basketball, yeah. hosting Pepperdine tonight. As I mentioned, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain on ESPN. You will have some injury news for you coming up on a couple of BYU guys. And Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson Marty. will join us live in studio. The BYU women play at LMU tonight. And third, BYU volleyball star Ben Patch back from his mission a little bit early. Ben Patch, was uh, his mission was expected to end this October. He is now back. Uh, he is planning on playing with Team USA this summer. He's not going to play for BYU Volleyball uh, this 2015 season. Plans on enrolling 
uh, in the fall at BYU. That's the update with Ben Patch. As confirmed by the voice of BYU men's volleyball. All right. Jerem Jordan. Sports. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Bronco back in charge. Yesterday, BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall and BYU Athletic Communications released a statement announcing that Bronco is returning to the role of overseeing the BYU defense, including play-calling responsibilities. Here is the official announcement. Quote from Bronco, After reviewing the season, I believe returning to my prior responsibilities directly overseeing the defense gives our team the best chance to achieve the results we want on the field. He also said, as a program, we've had a proven record of defensive success. Fact. And I look forward to fact? my role. No, but I said that. Oh. I look forward to my role once again as the primary defensive coach working with our coaches and players. There is the end of the quote. Jared, when you first heard the news, what was your initial reaction? This is the best possible scenario for BYU football on the defensive side of the ball. Bronco Mendenhall, we've heard it from national guys. Joe Tessitore was in our studio in the 2013 season and told us he is one of the best defensive minds in America. He is an elite defensive coordinator. Now, he does not have that title, but he, what is the guy that calls the plays and leads the defense? To me, he coordinates the defense. So Nick Howell has the title of defensive coordinator, but Bronco is back in charge, and this is great news for BYU because he knows what he's doing. He rallies the troops. He has that relationship with the defense to get them to cra- play great football. And as he's proven, and we've documented, a couple of those guys have made it into the league. This is awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. You have an elite, respected, proven defensive coach, and now he's doing what he does best. And this is the least biggest surprise ever, right? That Bronco would take it over? Yes. At some point in the middle of the 2014 season, it was like, yep, that's going to happen next year. The writing was on the wall. Outside of his first season in 2005, Bronco Mendenhall has had a top 20 scoring defense every year he's been the guy in charge. He wasn't the guy in charge in 2014, so throw that out. And even in 2010, when BYU started 1-4, and he took over for the majority of the season, ended with a top-20 scoring defense. BYU needs all hands on deck for the approaching 2015 schedule. Yeah, it's going to be a lot tougher. you got to bring it. So here we are, Bronco to oversee the defense, call the plays. But let's look at the evolution of all of this. How and why did BYU get here? Why did things change in the first place? Okay, the whole idea for a defensive transition last year started with Taysom Hill. Huh? And the BYU offense's ability to outscore opponents, thus giving the BYU defense a break. Okay, so the offense was the main driver for the BYU defense. Bronco Mendenhall told us this in Miami. It was the reason that he felt that uh, he should focus more on the offense and how to use Taysom. Meanwhile, developing a young and inexperienced defense that included the coordinator, Nick Howell, who's been in the program a couple of years. Bronco Mendenhall felt that it was time to hand him the reins, and it was working. BYU was 4-0. They were still giving up points, and there were still some, a lot of question marks on defense. But they were 4-0. They gave up 25 to Houston, which isn't a bad number. But the 33 to Virginia was like, wait, what? And they had – they, they gave up 500 yards of total offense to Virginia. It was like, 
Wait a minute. So Taysom was covering the sins of the defense for a long time. It was and, okay. Uh, yes, it was okay. Not good, not bad. Okay. And when Taysom Hill went down, that was the worst thing for everybody, especially the defense, because the offense ended up top 25 at the end of the year. Yeah, initially, we didn't realize how strategically aligned the two were, at least in the BYU coaches' like mind. confidence, mojo, yes. all that tied to Taysom Hill. Captain America went down and the Avengers... You know, bleh. but as you that was a great description. Jerem, we had <laughs> we had a great conversation with Bronco Mendenhall about this very scenario while he was with us in Miami. A lot of um, my original decision to be able to be just the head coach was to make sure that we were using and leveraging Taysom to the highest level, knowing that we were a little bit youthful on defense. But if we generated enough points and and created a dynamic there that was almost unstoppable, that this side could grow and learn and develop. Mm-hmm. And so there was an acknowledgement that even in where I chose to be at the beginning, I, I did underestimate, though, the, the level of confidence slash chemistry slash identity of the team when Taysom went out, not just the performance. There's a second part to this as well. Bronco, he saw what was happening after the home loss to Nevada and attempted a drastic quick fix at Boise State by calling the plays. He referenced his increased role in the defense at that point as well in Miami. It was clear to me that not only was um, was this group of players not as experienced and didn't have nearly as much margin for error once Taysom went out, um, but doing that with four coaches rather than five was just simply limiting the resources and doing it without the most experienced defensive coach. Okay. So very frank conversation brought up by Bronco Mendenhall right there. And people say, well, you look at the Boise State game, what, what good did that do, Bronco taking over the play calling for Nick Howell? None, because Boise State was crazy awesome. Look, that was the best team BYU played all year, hands down. Like, there's no argument there. And they played them on the blue. Boise State does not lose on their home field. Okay, ask Oregon. Ask a number of other great teams that have gone to the blue that were supposed to beat Boise. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Bronco Mendenhall makes a great point, too. There were only four defensive coaches when Bronco wasn't in there. So now there's five and the best defensive coaches back in the room. I think that BYU imp- – what, what does it mean, the, the Twitter question? BYU improves significantly on defense next year. I think that you could have the same players and different kind of coaching, more attention from the best coach on your staff on either side of the football. Now, all of a sudden, you change the game. Why do teams improve so much? Why did Memphis go from three wins to ten wins? They had essentially the same players from the year before. Coaching. 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 BYU is going to be a better team. It doesn't necessarily mean more wins, per se, with that schedule. I don't know. But BYU is going to be a better team on defense, especially next year. Now, we've talked about what it means for the BYU defense and for Bronco Mendenhall, but what does it mean for the rest of the staff, including Nick Howell, who was the defensive coordinator? Well, according to the release, it is going to be a return to the 2013 defensive staff. Okay, To quote, the structure and resources of the defensive staff will mirror that of the 2013 season. So, Bronco Mendenhall, head coach, defensive play caller. Nick Howell, defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator in 2013. He wasn't calling the plays, though. But he was the position coach for the secondary. Yeah, he continues to be the secondary coach. The only difference from 14 to 15 is Broncos calling the place. That's it. Yes. Right back That's to it. 2013. Okay? If you want to know what's happening, look at the 2013 coaching staff. So, so my question is, what is, what is Nick Howe coordinating? 
Well, he's in charge of meetings when he, Bronco isn't there. He's in, he's in charge when Bronco isn't, basically. That's the answer. Yes. So you could call him an assistant. It's a really nice title. Defensive coordinator, but, even though he's officially the defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, and, th- and this is somewhat common where head coaches are calling plays but aren't necessarily the coordinator on that. It's not all about necessarily the results are, but the, what you do on the field, a lot goes into that during the week. Yes, and to be fair to yeah. Nick Howell, think about what BYU not lost to the NFL draft, okay, from in one season and all of the injuries that, that went into this. That's this was the a, worst this thing that could have This would have been a difficult job for Bronco Mendenhall. When, Taysom Hill's injury affected uh, himself the most, but besides him, Nick Howell the most. What kind of impact will Bronco Mendenhall taking over the BYU defense have on the 2015 football team? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Cougar underscore Nate, I think we can expect to see an improvement on D. I agree. More nastiness. And more discipline. Those are two weird words to be in the same sentence and together. But I, I totally understand Nasty it. Nasty and disciplined. Nasty and disciplined. Okay. At G. <laughs> Hansen 25. The D should perform better and could be a top 25 ranked defensive team and more quarterback pressures and blitzing. The top 20 scoring defense has been there every year that Bronco has been in charge. This schedule upcoming will test that for sure. Yeah, you need you need good linebackers. BYU's got to get back to good. Uh, like, who are the guys? BYU's got to figure that out in the middle of the field. More on Bronco taking over the defense in 15 minutes with Brian Logan. But up next, Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson will join us live. His plan to slow down BYU hoops. That's next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. As always, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up tonight, late tip. We're looking at, what, 12 hours and 44 minutes away from BYU. And, uh, no, it's not that long because it's mountain time. I was going to say, 12 hours. Yeah, wait a minute. 10 hours and 44 minutes. BYU and Pepperdine, 11 Eastern time on ESPNU and right here on BYU Radio. So I've been saying this all week. Take a nap in the afternoon. Get ready. Late tip. It's going to be fun and a good matchup. And you will take a nap, won't you? I seriously will take a nap. That's going to happen. Our Twitter question today, what kind of impact will Bronco Mendenhall taking over the BYU defense have on the 2015 football team? Use the hashtag BYUS and to send in your responses. Hey, speaking of guys that have to sit around and and wait for a late tip tonight, what about the head coaches that that are doing this? Dave Rose for BYU and Marty Wilson of Pepperdine. Good way to spend some time to uh, make the time pass is come on BYU Sports Nation. Absolutely. We have uh, Coach Marty Wilson with us now from Pepperdine. Coach, great to have you with us. I appreciate you guys having me. This is uh, this is pretty impressive uh, setup that you guys have. And, and, and most importantly, I'm impressed with the production crew you have next door. I was getting stressed out for them just watching all the <laughs> dynamics and communication they have. And they do a great job. It takes it takes a village, and we're being told that uh, you can come back anytime you want. Okay? <laughs> Appreciate in, in our it. Appreciate area. it. You mentioned to us that it's seventy nine degrees in Malibu. It's just a little bit colder in, in Provo. <laughs> so, uh, what's your reaction to, to coming back to Provo and to Utah and to a place that uh, you're very familiar with? Well, you know, when we stepped out of the airport uh, yesterday, I was surprised that it wasn't as cold as expected. Uh, I'm good friends of, of Tim Lacombe and uh, Cody Figure. I spoke with both of those guys uh, uh, the last few days, and Tim assured me that I needed my my hat, my beanies, and gloves, and uh, I haven't had to use them yet. Uh, oh, so, great. no, I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, 
and it's good for our guys to, to get out of Malibu, get out of Southern California, uh, learn some different areas and different cultures and climates and different things like that. So it's, it's good for us. You have a unique setup uh, playing BYU because you were at Utah for four years. You mentioned the connections with Lacombe and Fugger. How is coaching against BYU different uh, at Pepperdine than it was at Utah? Well, you don't have the, the, the in-state rivalry, the, the so-called hatred. The vitriol. Um, yeah, uh, you don't have that. Uh, but still, it's, it's a rivalry because it's, it's, it's in the conference. And um, you're always trying to beat each other. And uh, even though you're friends and you have a lot of respect for each other, uh, when that ball goes up in the air, you, you act like you don't know those guys. You, you dislike them for that two, two hours, two and a half hours. Um, then after the game, you're cordial and nice, and you see them out in, in recruiting. Uh, but it's, it, it is totally different because you don't have the end state, the blue versus the red, the, the Y versus the U and all those things. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit different that way. What do your boys think about uh, the prospect of – of playing in the Marriott Center, which is very different than any other venue in the West Coast Conference. Most are between, you know, two and 6,000. You look at the kennel. But BYU, are 22,000 people that can fit in there. How do they feel about that? Well, we talk about it all the time. Uh, we talk about all those different things as, uh, as we travel. We try to prepare our guys in, in scheduling for, for situations like that. We played at Iowa where they have a big arena. Uh, we played in Madison Square Garden uh, earlier this year, and the crowd wasn't as, as large, uh, but the, the venue was the same. Uh, we talk about playing here and, and possibly having 20-plus thousand people. Uh, but when it comes down to it, and I tell our team, uh, and some people use it as coach speak, well, those 20,000 people can't come on the floor. <laughs> so it's going to be 5 <laughs> on 5 and, and we have to be disciplined enough and confident enough and, and poisoned enough to not let their crowd speed us up or get us rattled Let's talk about your team for a minute nine and five uh, you guys have played some good teams real tough even in those losses uh, what do you think your squad so far this year well you know what we're still maturing um, overall we're a young team we have no seniors um, we, we play a lot of young guys and we kind of throw them in the fire we've played a lot of young guys in the past Stacy and Jet um, those guys started three years ago for us. Um, they're the veterans now, and we rely on them to educate and communicate with our young guys on what to expect. Uh, so it's still a process. It's still a learning process. Every day, every practice, every game is a learning process for our guys to, to, to take away something from this game and take it to the next game, good or bad, and, and try not to, to make those same mistakes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with our team. I love the fact that we have a great group of guys, uh, that they, they enjoy each other. Uh, they have a lot of respect for each other. They love playing for and with each other, and that's allowed us as coaches to, to be able to coach them as hard as we can. A good number of your guys have some real experience beating BYU last year in Firestone Fieldhouse. You knocked off the Cougars. How much does that play into the confidence that they bring into a place like Provo when, when you face BYU and try and beat them on the road? Well, it helps when you make shots. We made some shots early, and uh, that gave us some confidence. It uh, uh, I watched both of our games from last year um, on the plane and on the bus yesterday just to kind of get a feel for the difference of what we did, what we didn't do, and what adjustments we have to make. And obviously we have uh, a lot of different guys, but you go back and watch, and we're going to run the same things, they're going to run the same things. Uh, but we talk about those things and we share, we'll watch video of, hey, this is how we defended last year, this is how we need to defend again this year, and, and then understanding their personnel that it's different. Uh, they have a small, smaller lineup. They shoot the ball better uh, from the perimeter. They're not as big. They don't play through the, through the middle as much, but we have to adjust, adjust co- accordingly. And, and their transition, a high-powered offense and the highest-scoring team in the country, uh, all those things thrown at you, but 
we have to stick to the process. We have to stick to our discipline and, and, and our principles and then try to try to give ourselves a chance to win. What do you do better than BYU? Whew. Uh, so I'll, toughest question I, I have. I'll let you know after the game tonight. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know because they're, they're 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 good. They're really good. Uh, like I said earlier, I have a lot of respect for Dave Rose. I've known him uh, from a distance for for, for a while, um, and even at Utah, I had a lot of respect for him as a rival, um, as a coaching rival, and, and just follow what he's done here and the success that he's done, um, even through his ups and downs with his health issues. Um, he's, he's been able to keep this program going in the right direction. Uh, so I, it, it's hard to say. And uh, I, I, couldn't, I would have to spend some time dissecting both sides to, to, to know that answer. I'll try and answer, which brings us to the stat oh, of the day. Oh, okay. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 23.6. Pepperdine's second in the country in three-point field goal percentage defense. This is going to be a fun matchup between a team that makes nine threes a game and then you guys only allow 24% from three. How, how has that happened so far this year? Well, part of it, uh, a, lot, a lot of people have asked us that uh, this year compared to last year. Part of it is just having better players, uh, guys that are quicker, more It's athletic. amazing what happens when and, you have better uh, players, right? You're better players, you're a better coach. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. Uh, but that's, that's a big part of it, uh, guys that can cover more ground, um, guys that can do some things after they make a mistake with their quickness, with their athleticism. Mm. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think a, a big part of it is our guys understanding personnel. Um, we have a term, KYP, know your personnel, of understanding are they a driver or they a shooter. Okay? KYP. Do you want to use that. Do you want to run them off the line, make them bounce it, um, as opposed to giving them where they just spot up and, and knock down threes. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. And then just understanding where our rotations are. Um, if we're double teaming, if we're trapping, who we're running, uh, who we're trans, uh, rotating to, and then who we're, who we're soft close versus a hard close to. The West Coast Conference, uh, outside of Gonzaga and, and BYU, would seem is, is kind of an open race at this point. Um, I know that all the teams feel like they can compete with everyone, and uh, on any given night, uh, another team can come up and, and pull off a big win. So for you and Pepperdine, uh, you've played well against some really good teams. I uh, would expect more of the same tonight against BYU. What is your realistic expectation and uh, objective for this team in terms of where you want to finish in the West Coast Conference? Well, you know what? They, they, they always have the rankings, and uh, I tell our guys it doesn't matter where they rate us. Uh, we were rated 10 last year. We finished fifth. Uh, we're rated seventh this year. Where are we going to finish? Don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, injuries, illnesses, uh, suspensions, or what have you. Um, so none of those things mean anything. You still have to play the game. Um, tonight's game will, will be determined within that rectangle. And uh, who's most disciplined, who's going to make the most shots, who's going to get the, the, the crucial stops, who's going to take care of the ball the, the, the best, who's going to be physically and mentally the toughest. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. It doesn't come down to the so-called experts evaluating our team and our players because most of the time they don't know what we have. They don't know what Dave and, and, and the other teams in the conference has. So, uh, again, it's, it's, we have to play the game. And uh, we'll decide after after the game who the better team was. Who's the toughest guy to guard on BYU's team, in your opinion? Uh, I tell you what, they have a lot of guys, and obviously we haven't played them yet. Uh, but what I've been, pops I, up? I, I've, I've been a Tyler Hall's fan for a long time. We tried mm-hmm. to recruit him when I was an assistant at Utah. He can score in a number of ways. Uh, he can shoot the three. He can drive it. He can post up. Um, he's he's just good. 
And obviously his numbers show that over the years and teams have to game plan for him and they have to try to stop him. And uh, that's why I said that's where our discipline comes in. You're not going to shut him out. Okay, he's averaging 22, 23 points consistently for a reason because he knows how to play. And uh, we just got to make sure he has to work hard for that. So I would say Tyler is the, is, is the hardest one. What was his recruitment at Utah like? Did he give you the time of day? No, he was great. He's, yeah. he, he's a first-class kid, uh, comes from a first-class family. Um, got to know his dad a little bit. Uh, Did he allow uh, you to do much? Like, hey, you're from Utah? Yeah, Is that okay? yeah. And, and, and it was early in the process. Yeah. It was early in the process. Uh, again, it was the respect. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad uh, uh, came to campus quite a few times. Great name. It, it, no doubt. And his, and his younger brother, TJ, uh, and my son played together. Oh. So I oh, got no to kidding. know their family a little bit better. When um, you were at Utah? When I was at Utah. They, they, gotcha. they, were, they were 9, 10, 11 years old, so they played together. Uh, so I got to know their family outside of the recruiting, so it wasn't so stressful. Mm-hmm. But they, they were first class. I said, we know it was going to be a tough haul to get them. Uh, to, to, to University of Utah. So you're going to, in all likelihood, coach against TJ here in a couple of years as well in the WCC. Yeah. I'm, they grow up fast. No, no doubt. And I understand he's, uh, he's about 6'6", six, six, and uh, he was a shooter at 10, 11, 12 years old, and I know that's, that's what he does now. <laughs> this, this little redheaded kid that can shoot it, man. He, he never wins the pregame, but he wins the game. That's right. Marty Wilson, <laughs> the head coach of the Pepperdine Waves, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, you talk about how great your location in terms of the school is. Malibu is a fantastic location. But does anybody ever ask you what the worst part about living in Malibu is? I've never gotten that. <laughs> um, is there anything? Is there anything bad about living in Malibu? Not, not, not the bad part about living in Malibu, um, and, and we brag about it in a number of ways. Uh, the academics of, of Pepperdine, the location, the beach, the weather, um, the, the the community, uh, the type of people that are on campus that that generally care about athletes or students uh, as a whole, uh, the faculty that that we have. Uh, if there's a downfall that we're near LA and the traffic, but we can get away from the traffic when we, when we need to. And uh, so that's probably the only downfall of, oh, uh, of living in Malibu. Traffic. Sounds great. I think we can live with that when you look at all that Malibu <laughs> has to offer. Coach, uh, great insight. We appreciate the time you gave to us today. And uh, good luck tonight against BYU. All right. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks. Marty Wilson of Pepperdine on BYU Sports Nation has the second best three-point field goal percentage defense in the entire country. And guarantees Kyle Collinsworth won't get a triple-double tonight. That was part of that, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Up next, Brian Logan joins us. The impact of Bronco taking over the defense. Welcome back to the show, BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Lewis and Jerem Jordan. We need it. In Radio Vision. We are on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up tonight, Men's Soups versus Pepperdine, 11 Eastern Time on ESPNU and BYU Radio. That was very nicely done. It's more of a classical 89 reference, uh-huh. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. My Joining- boy Mark Waite. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now is Brian Logan. We like to call him B-Lo. Brian, what's up, man? Dude, are you feeling better? We heard you were what? sick. Are you feeling better? I'm good now. I got a little crackle in my voice, but uh, you know, I had some medicine uh, these last few days, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm back on the roster. Put me in, coach. As you pointed out, the good thing about being sick and having to stay home is you got to watch BYU Sports Nation. 
I, I did, man. You know, I, I, it, sometimes I go back and I watch, you know, some of the, the shows, um, you know, just for some training purposes with, you know, with Jerem and, and how we did. But, uh, you know, not really so much with, uh, with Sports Nation. And uh, I could tell you guys, you guys are a, a – you know, pretty handsome couple there. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't even know how to take that. I, thank you. Yeah, you. You just, you know, you just, you just turn red and you say thank you. I just started couple, so I got weirded out by that. Well, uh, I mean, you guys are, you guys are couples. You're a couple. Yeah. Two. Hi, pair, high five. You know. High five. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about sports now. Uh, let's let's make the awkward transition back to the uh, theme of this program. This program. Uh, what's your initial reaction to Bronco Mendenhall taking over defensive play calling? Uh, you know, at first I was I was excited, uh, just just because I, I know what Coach Mendenhall can bring to the table. You know, as, as far as a defensive coordinator, and uh, you know, talk to some of the guys, some of the players, and, and how they felt, and you know, they were they were excited as well. Um, you know, a lot of the feedback was that you know there's nothing really wrong with Coach Howe and and Coach Howe and, and how he was calling the plays, but. Um, you know, they, some of the younger guys, they know that co- what Coach Minhoe has brought to the table before, um, and, and how he puts guys in, in situations to be successful and, and get to the next level. So, so they're excited for that as well. But, you know, overall, it didn't really surprise me. Um, you know, you look at, uh, some of the challenges they, that they faced defensively, it, it kind of just made sense for Coach Minhoe to take it back over. How do you feel like this will immediately change things? As BYU starts uh, through conditioning and spring practice and spring ball, like what what kind of a difference will this make right now? Well, I'll tell you this: um, with Coach Mendenhall, just just being in, in the same room with a guy, you're kind of nervous and scared. You don't even want to blink wrong. You know, you you, <laughs> you put your head down and you're like, oh, I hope he's not looking at me. So you know, you, you have some just extra pressure on you just when 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 he's in your presence. So. You know, what this is going to do is it's going to allow everybody to, you know, everybody on that defensive side uh, to train harder, uh, you know, want to get better, uh, you know, study some more film, uh, just because that's what Coach Mendenhall demands from you. And uh, so, you know, going into winter conditioning and then going into spring ball, uh, you know, when Coach Mendenhall is around, you know, guys are going to be going that extra mile uh, and, and working hard. And, you know, hard work leads to success, but – um, you know, with Coach Minnell, he wants to make sure that you're doing things off the field uh, as well as on the field. So, you know, off the field right now starts in the weight room, starts with getting some extra uh, film study in. So uh, I would think everything is going to intensify. I think that some people think that Bronco Mendenhall takes over the defense and they magically get better. How do they actually get better under Bronco Mendenhall on the field, Brian? Well, I think I think two things. First thing goes to, to what I said just previously. Um, you know, just his presence and, and just what he demands. I mean, he, de- he demands perfection from you. And you know, there is times where uh, you know when, when Coach Mendenhall when they first took over the defense. You know, it's funny we call it we call it the takeover. This is going to be the takeover part two. Uh, but when they when they took over the defense and Coach Howe was the was the, the DB coach. Uh, you know, he put us through some hard workouts uh, during individual periods, and we hated it. It flat out sucked, and we were we were going 50% just to save ourselves for the rest of practice. And there are times we'll be jogging and kind of just laughing around, playing around. And when Coach Mittenhall makes that circle uh, to the DBs, we're like, "Hey, man, straighten up, straighten up. He's here." And we're all just going 100%. <laughs> 
you know, flying around because that, that's just what he demands. And, and, and so that, that's the first thing. But, but two is that uh, Coach Mendenhall, he knows the tools that he has. He knows his players. He knows the strengths and he knows the weaknesses. Something that I love, and I always, always share the story, uh, the first day he took over the defense, we, we came in uh, into the room at the defensive uh, uh, group, and, uh, you know, he, he showed about 15 new plays, some from Air Force, from, some from the Steelers, uh, just of, of the defense, of the 3-4 defense. And he said, these are the type of plays we're going to start running. There were blitzes, there were cover twos, uh, there were, you know, zone blitzes, uh, a lot more pressures. And he said, you know, these, these are the type of players that we have. You know, Brian, he's a cover two corner. You know, let's put him in a, in a position to be successful. You know, Brandon Bradley, he's physical on the run, so we're going to have a lot more corner blitzes. You know, Andrew Rich, you know, he's a, he's a great alley player. Uh, he can come up and stop the run as well. So, you know, we're going to put him in situations uh, where we can really showcase his talent, and it's going to help the team. So, uh, with, with that in mind, it doesn't really matter what type of player you have you know, uh, he's going to, to uh, mold the defense and, and the play calling uh, to, to what he has in the field. And I think that's why he's, he's so successful. Brian Logan, defensive back for BYU from 2009 to 2010 and BYU TV football analyst on BYU Sports Nation. Brian, there, there needs to be uh, some consideration to what BYU lost in terms of NFL talent over the past couple of years. Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Noy, Spencer Hadley, Daniel Sorensen, Ethan Manu Maleuna was on. Uh, an NFL roster at one point. Uh, how much of what BYU went through last year should be credited to the fact that they just lost a ton of good players? Uh, you know, I think I think some of it has to has to do deal with you know the talent that they lost and uh, the leadership uh, that they lost and, and the experience. But you know, I think at the same time, uh, the coaches are are what make a player and what mold a player. Uh, you know, there's every kid coming out of high school, uh, going to these big time schools, you know, Alabama, Florida, Oregon. I mean, these are all five star recruits, but, uh, still only a handful of those guys make it to the NFL. And I think it does have to do with coaching. Uh, you know, you, you, you can have a five star kid, a kid that has all, uh, the intangibles, height, weight, speed, but, you know, if, if, if the coach can't, uh, bring that ability out, you know, on the field and, and, uh, you know, uh, continue to uh, progress his talent, then it's all for nothing. And so I think a lot has to do with, with, with the coaches. And Coach Mendenhall, he prepares you and trains you in a way where you are set up for the next level. I mean, you hear so many different stories of defensive players under Coach that played under Coach Mendenhall get to the NFL, and these coaches are blown away. And they're like, wow, you know, you know the defense, you know how to work hard. I mean, I don't have to do anything too much to you. I just got to polish you a little bit uh, and get you to understand, you know, my scheme, my philosophy, and, and the NFL ways. And, uh, you know, you, you don't really hear too much of that from, from other smaller schools, or, or I say non-P5 schools. Yeah, you hear from, you know, the LSUs and the Alabamas, but, you know, they're where they're at for that very reason. And so Coach Mendenhall – uh, I think is on is is in that same conversation, and and, and they're very impressed. So, uh, you know, the, the the coaches have a lot to do with molding and shaping kids to become NFL talents. Does BYU have on its roster right now enough pieces to where you think they can get back to where they used to be as a defense? 
I think so, only because of Coach Mendenhall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's so many times, I, I, and I'll say this until I'm purple in the face. I mean, if that's if that's if that's possible, I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm brown skin, but he he is so great at what he does. It, 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 to me, it really doesn't matter the type of talent and the type of player that he has because he, of, of how good of a coach he is. And I'm telling you, if you put this guy at UCLA or Alabama, Oregon, I don't care, a top school where he's going to get top talent, I mean, he's going to be in that discussion. He's going to have a top three defense every single season. And I'll, I'll stand by that. And I only say that because you look at what he's done in his resume in the past, you know, he takes, you know, two-star guys, walk-ons, you know, JC guys, guys that have no business playing Division One football, and he makes them All-Americans, and he, he gives them, uh, you know, an opportunity to play in the NFL because of the system and because of how he coaches. Brian, so, follow-up to that. So so mm-hmm. if, if BYU has the pieces next year and they struggle on defense, it's on Coach Mendenhall, is that what you're saying? I would say so, yeah. Okay. I, I think, and, and, and the reason why I, the reason why I say that is because the, at the end of the day, it's the, the, the coaches. I mean, the coaches coach and the players play, right? And, and I don't like that excuse at all. To me, at the end of the day, it's the coaches' responsibility to put the 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 product on the field. And so, if for whatever reason, if that product isn't producing, that's got to be on the coaches. And it's the, it's the coach's job to get that product ready. And that means from, you know, lifting weights to, you know, film, film study, understanding the defense, the concept, whatever the case is, you know, to me that falls back on the coach. And so there's some coaches that struggle with that and some coaches that, that don't. You look at Urban Meyer, he's on his third quarterback. And you would never even think that they would make it this far with a, a, a third-string quarterback. But, again, it's uh, it's it's – a coach's responsibility, regardless of what he has, talent level, you know, experience, to make sure that this kid, this product is ready to play. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation. Certainly that uh, coach-player relationship is a very delicate relationship, and I don't think anybody's overlooking that. Brian, I do want to tell you that you need to clear your schedule for September 5th when we get our first look at the BYU defense. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Yes, I, I'm definitely uh, to the that. That was a train wreck. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try my, my best. Uh, that's my actually my anniversary. So September 5th? Know. Yep. 240. So we're counting down to Brian Logan's anniversary <laughs> slash the Cornhuskers. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. That's cool. It, it, it's going it's to be a challenge, man, you know, to, to, to watch the game and and to work and to, you know, go uh, do something special for my wife. You know, I don't, I'm planning it right now. I'm already stressful, you know, getting stressed out. Well, you've got 240 days to figure it out, You've got to work on your anniversary, BT Dub. I know, man. I know, I know. Maybe I'll do something nice for her. I don't know. (laughs) We'll give her a front row seat. Yeah, we'll give her a front row seat. We'll make it all great. We'll get her some pizza pizza and some cookies. Free pizza, Yeah. Free cookies. Bring Layton, we'll party. Dinner dinner is taken care of. I'm good. Very good. Hey, Brian, great to talk to you. We'll see you again soon. All right, fellas. See you, sir. What kind of impact will Bronco taking over the BYU defense have on the 2015 BYU football team? Interesting comments from Brian, and I I pressed him on it, which is it doesn't matter who's on the team. Bronco Mendenhall will coach him up to be good. That's how he feels. 
So far, so good for Bronco. Top 20 scoring defense thus far. Up next, gymnastics and Brad Cattermole. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Well, by the way, you should watch sports on BYU TV. And there's lots of it, including gymnastics. Tomorrow, BYU in Utah, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out, I recommend it. To preview the Cougars' season opener on the gymnastics mat and bars and beam and vault with a top 10 program in the Utes, BYU head gymnastics coach Brad Cattermole. Coach, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right, big time matchup to open up the season. It's a rivalry, the Deseret Duel. <laughs> so when you when you face a team like Utah, what are you telling your girls uh, when they face one of the top programs in the country? We face a lot of top programs, uh, and Utah is one of the top every year. And they're a great team to compete against. Uh, we just enjoy being in the gym with them and competing. And the reality in gymnastics is we're looking for a score. And if we hit all of our routines and score as well as we can. That's what we're after because that's what, in, in essence, gets you into the postseason and gives you your best chance at nationals and that sort of thing. Yeah. So the win and the loss is nice, but a big score is really what we're looking for. And that's what I uh, grew to come to understand a couple years ago when I was doing the play-by-play for gymnastics, which I really enjoyed and grew to love it, was it's interesting because you're competing against yourself mostly. It's not right. about winning and losing per se, although at the end of the year you want to have a higher score than the other team. Oh, totally. The one, the one you have to win is the national championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the one where a score doesn't count. I mean, you, it's just a win or a loss. But getting there, you, you've got to have the high scores to get positioned well and to, uh, to do well at the end of the season. You just need those big scores. So we're looking right from the beginning to score as well as we can. And I think if we do the best that we can, then – We've accomplished our purpose, and if we win, that's a great thing. I mean, it's not like we go in there going, I sure would like to lose. You know, we go into these meets going, we want to win every meet that we're in. But we more want to get that big score. You know, if the choice is a win or a 197, I'll take the 197, because that's in, is what really does it for you, you know, as the season goes on. That's what gets you ranked. That's, I mean, win losses are, are fun to talk about. But score is what gets you ranked and gets you to regionals and gets you to nationals and so on. Yeah, as nice as the head-to-head uh, designation can be, uh, it's definitely a journey throughout the whole season. You keep bringing up we want to score high and score well. You, you right. dropped a 197, which is an outstanding score for right. a team. The pinnacle is 200. If you were perfect, <laughs> right. you would score 200. 50 <laughs> in four different uh, well, events. It's, right. it's so, interesting the way they break those down. Is if, When you think about it, 200 would be perfect, and I don't know anybody's ever done that. Uh, if you if you average nine nine, you score one ninety eight. Okay, so one ninety seven is good. One ninety six is kind of that score everybody looks for and thinks okay. that's a, you know that's a good score. One ninety five is a good score to get started with. A lot of teams start with one ninety fours and that and and you you know the idea is just to start as well as you can and then try to build on that. Try to get a better score every time you're out. So it becomes a competition almost against yourself. Yeah. You know, trying to get if you got a nine eight five in the last meet, you want to get a nine nine in this meet. And if all of the girls do that, then we tend to do well as a team. Give us an idea of how much practice time you're putting in on a weekly basis going into a meet. Practice in gymnastics is probably one of the, the things that are time spent in the gym or in actual practice. We do a lot more than most sports. Uh, most sports, have, they have to view video and do stuff like that. We just work out. I mean, they're, they're probably, well, they're in the gym or they're either in the gym or they're in the weight room four hours a day, five days a week, 
through the whole season. You have 20 hours like the other sports. We have 20 hours, practice. but we don't have a whole lot of it dedicated to, you know, looking at what the other team is doing. We don't have any defense. We're not going to tackle anybody in the middle of the floor routine. <laughs> defense. You know? yeah. That would, yeah, that would be awesome. That Friday. Yeah. There, <laughs> is, there is no defense in gymnastics. It's just get out there and do the best you can. And if you, when the girls get to the point where they just show up and compete and stop worrying about all the little things that go on, because, I mean, it's you against the equipment. You know, and if you get up there and do what you're capable of doing, you do well. And, and if you make a little mental mistake, the other side of the thing is if you make a mental mistake in, in kind of like a team sport, there's other people that, you know, kind of have your back. If you fall off the beam, you fall off the beam and the whole world knows it. So you can't hide, you know, I missed a block or I didn't, you know, I didn't defend that guy well. It's, you know, you, so either, did you. you either did it or you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, Brad Cattermall, the head gymnastics coach at BYU with us on BYU Sports Nation. Big time matchup on BYU TV this Friday night, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, against the University of Utah, ranked sixth in the country. Coach, what kind of an atmosphere and uh, reception do you expect at the Marriott Center? Well, with the live TV and all that, I think it's going to be great. It's always fun. I mean, when you have Utah in, it's always fun. And, I, you know, I think it'll be kind of an electric atmosphere. People are excited to get going. Uh, the girls are excited to get going. It's always fun. It's not people think in gymnastics, you know, they ought to be really quiet, you know, because they're on the beam there. The girls don't want that. They want them yelling as loud as they can all the time. At nationals, you know, people, people are so loud at nationals, the beam buzzes. They say it buzzes under their feet. <laughs> wow. So that's kind of what, you know, that's the atmosphere we'd like to have. Fantastic. Coach, hey, great to have you. Uh, would you please sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag before you go? We, I will do that. We uh, want everybody to uh, sign our flag that makes their debut on the show. And we would also like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go out and try and get that 196 on cool. Friday. <laughs> great. All right. I'll get this thing signed. Fantastic. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, put a cap on this show. More reaction to what you, BYU Sports Nation, think about Bronco Mendenhall and the impact he will have on taking over the BYU defense in 2015. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. You know what time it is? Yeah. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Bronco Mendenhall taking over the defense, including play calling this season. Nick Howell will continue to be the defensive coordinator and continue to coach the secondary. Men's basketball. The Cougars host Pepperdine tonight, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Dave Rose says Anson Winder has a bone bruise, but shouldn't stop him from playing tonight. Phew. Also, Nate Austin might be able to play next week, but is more probable on January 24th against San Diego. Men's Volleyball. BYU 2013 All-American Ben Patch is back from his mission. He was expected to be back in October. Patch isn't going to play this season for BYU. However, he will play for Team USA this summer and then enroll at BYU in the fall. Cougars in the association. Jimmer Fredette scored five points in ten minutes for the New Orleans Pelicans last night in a four-point loss at Charlotte. Jimmer got all 10 minutes, and Austin Rivers did not play, so that could be a good sign for Fredette. Women's basketball. BYU is in the City of Angels to take on Loyola Marymount tonight, 10 Eastern time. There's no broadcast of any kind on this game, so good luck with that. Track and field. (laughs) The men and women's track and field teams host the BYU Cougar Collegiate Invitational today through Saturday. We can always ask, you know, Coach Judkins to to keep us up to date (gasps) what's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll find out via the internet. He'll tweet something out. Via Wikipedia. 
Oh, by the way, Tyler Hawes still hunting down the Jimmer. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Hawes is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. I love the drums right there. 289. Let's get, what did we start at? 500 I think something? we started at 4,000 something. It was crazy. Well, I mean, we couldn't have started, started at 2,000 whatever Jimmer has, right? I don't know. 20. I don't know what we started at. <laughs> Just chasing this season. He's 289 away. He needs to average right around 20, 21 points a game to catch Jimmer for He's averaging 21.6. Yeah, he's right on par. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to our good friend Jennifer Hampson. Six feet, seven inches of awesomeness, dual sport All-American. She's one of the faces in the crowd in the latest Sports Illustrated. That's cool. She's done a lot. She has a lot of pups. She's playing with the collegiate all-star team, is it tomorrow or Saturday? Yeah. In uh, California, I believe. What kind of impact will Bronco Mendenhall taking over the defense have on the 2015 BYU football team? you got tweets. At Holiday BYU, Bronco equals AMAZING DC. It's all caps. So, uh, yeah, that's, For that's example, Boise State. Goal line stand. Him leading the defense and Hill at the helm on offense equal national blue championship. You need both on for that, yeah. man. Okay, oh, You need the national championship oh. goggles. By the way, we don't know what bowl games <laughs> BYU is going to play the 2015 season yet. We're still waiting on them. At Lacey Dentist, more dancing after goal line stops against That's Boise. That's one of the most awkward, awesome dances of all Time. Yeah, that was it. Was it's fantastic? That's gold video right there. At Ryan Lewis Cooper, level of instruction and accountability on defense has to improve. That's where Bronco will make an impact. Steve Ballmer and Bronco Mendenhall went to the same dance class. Oh! Thanks to Marty Wilson, Brian Logan, Brad Catamull, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Don't break anything today, please. The show on demand on BYUtv.org/slash BYUSN and BYUSportsNation.com. For Jared Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Logan Magnuson. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow.